Today, Steph Gordon joins me, <laughs> smiley as ever, to discuss a, a list show in listing catalog format. The 10 ways to vet and spot and root out of your lives, young men, feminist girlfriends. And the, the presupposition here is that feminist girlfriends hide. They've hidden amongst us. They stalk the halls invisibly like a, a, a ring wraith or like Frodo or a golem with, with the ring on. A ghoul. With, like a ghoul? A ghoul friend. Uh, like your, girl, your ghoul friend is invisibly feminist oftentimes, and we're giving you 10 ways to not necessarily just spot it, but 10 ways to spot and vet. In other words, the 10 items on this list, this show is all Steph's idea, the 10 <laughs> items on this list are ways that will at once, if you perform the item, it will sound out and eradicate your feminist girlfriend, not not. From life or anything like that. From, don't from your relationship, from your from your presence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all you really care about. You don't it never made sense. These these spouses or longtime girlfriends <laughs> and boyfriends that do violence to each other just break break up if you're a boyfriend and girlfriend. Thank you. If you're a spouse with someone, well murder's not the answer. There is no real answer. It's too late once you've married the wrong person, which is why it's so crucial that you spot and eradicate a, a lurking crypto-feminist, Catholic feminist girlfriend before it's too late. That's what today's show is all about. It's mm -hmm. 10 ways to spot and eradicate. What do you think, Stevie? Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm going around just feeling bad for a lot of men in society. I'm seeing them in these just horrible relationships. A lot of them don't even know they're in these bad relationships. And just, I feel pity for them so I was telling Tim the other day I was just like you know we should really just talk about this like just help young men identify early problems in the relationship that stem from a woman's bad ideology that yep. are going to manifest later if this moves forward into a marriage to a ca catastrophe so there are luckily there are luck there are a lot of things that you can spot early if you have eyes to see so and That's... we'll give you those eyes to see. And a lot of this <laughs> comes from advice that we give to young dating people who are, you know, supporters of Subscribestar or Locals, which is how you can support this show. Go to Locals or Subscribestar. Or they're um, young people in the return matchmaking program, us. Or they're just young people that Steph and I have mentored over the last 10 years since I've been teaching. Here's one thing. I just want you to react to this real quick. It's, it's an issue that's loomed large for us over the last week. The number one demographic of suicide committers is middle-aged white men. Middle-aged white men. And this has to have something to do with the abuse they're taking at the hands of their wives, almost ubiquitously. You can't tell me it doesn't have something to do with how mistreated the average white middle-aged man is Publicly, in the public forum, in commercials, mm -hmm. and out in the open. And then privately, it's got to be a lot worse. I, I don't buy that the high suicide rate doesn't have to do with men. If they're Christian, they can't get out of the marriage. And they're married to someone that abuses them. Women abuse men in this society. Make no mistake, folks. Well, and usually that takes the form of just really not appreciating the fact that men also have feelings and want approval 
and praise and to be treated with dignity and respect. And men are not there to be your handmaiden and to do everything that you say, ladies. You're and there to be his. You're there to, to be his helpmeet, not the other way around. And unfortunately, I've seen in our society all too often that men are treated like they have to shoulder all the burden and they get none of the benefit, love, appreciation, and dignity that they're owed. Yeah, and that, that leads to depression. And I think it's a widespread pandemic that in some later age, they will identify as one of the main sources mm-hmm. of this suicide epidemic of, of middle-aged white males. Tomorrow, so begins another antidote to any kind of vice, depression, anxiety, a class that I'm offering for absolutely free on the Nicomachean ethics. We're going through it in hopefully 10 weeks. I'm giving it for absolutely free. Go enroll right now on timothyjgordon.com. It's a free class, Aristotle's ethics, the Nicomachean ethics. Buy the book right now. It'll get there for week two. Absolutely free. And it's because people are depressed. You cannot be happy unless you're moral. That's the heart of this one book that I say every adult in Christendom, man and woman, whether you're equipped to study other more difficult forms of philosophy, you need to study the Nicomachean Ethics. Class for free begins tomorrow at 5 p.m. CST. Suggested donation. It's unrelated to what we're doing there. It's just suggested donation because people always ask, Tim, you have a big family. You have a handicapped <laughs> daughter. How can I help? 100 bucks suggested donation. But to those of you who have no interest in making an unrelated donation, it's absolutely free. Also, Steph will be beginning a class, a way of helping out those (laughs) depressed men by helping their women learn to treat them well. She treats me very well, and and I her. But, But the main problem in society is women abusing men, and that's the theme of today's show. Next Thursday, eight days from tomorrow, she begins a bi-weekly course, one chapter for two weeks on Ask Your Husband, led by none other than this lovely lady herself. <laughs> Ask Your Husband. That's also absolutely free with a suggested unrelated donation if you want to do it. That's how you support this channel. Like the video, subscribe, click the notification bell. Most of you, more than half, are still not notified and subscribed when you watch these videos. So, so do that. We're getting to our list of 10 vetters of crypto feminist girlfriends right now. Have you guys noticed that women are out of control in this society? Because I certainly have. So hopefully this will help clear up some of the, the confusion and mayhem that we're, we're witnessing. Quick point. To, 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 okay, since you just asked rhetorically, Steph, have you noticed women are completely out of control? I asked um, on Pints with Aquinas, Matt Frad, this a little over four years ago when I was in the studio with him and he he looked up and he said, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have. Um, uh, seven or eight months ago, George Farmer and Michael Knowles were in studio with him. And, you know, they were kind of talking about, well, you know, feminism's out of control. It's even out of control in Christendom. Matt seemed to know more what they're talking about then. The game changer was my book coming out, Case for Patriarchy. 
which is where we're kind of starting with Case for Patriarchy today. <laughs> and Steph's book, Ask Your Husband, now people seem to see it. It's everybody's favorite topic now. <laughs> it became the conservative topic du jour in 2023. Oh my gosh, you guys, we've lost so many friends and family over this issue. And it's just, it's, it's funny to be like at the beginning where you're just like, you're like, um, I'm sorry to, to burst everybody's bubble, but women appear to be a problem. And then everyone come for you with pitchforks and torches. And then it takes like six months later. Then everyone's like, hey, let's talk about our favorite topic, how women seem to be a problem. Uh, a year and six months, <laughs> two years and six months after Case for Patriarchy came out, did, did things really get turned around? Yeah. And th by the way, when they say, oh, let's talk about my favorite topic, they never acknowledge, by the way, I know I was against you before. I'm sorry. I saw you were right. One time out of 10, one friend out of 10, one acquaintance out of 10, one co-podcaster out of 10 actually has the honesty intellectually to say, hey, I know I was way against you. I think you're right now. The, okay, the second point that really is the point of departure for this 10-item show today, and then we're going to start talking about the 10 items, is that... Oh, also over the last year, the red pill and MGTOW, men going their own way movements have really been thrown into the limelight. And they say all together something that's utterly feminist. No one should get married for at least a generation or two. I was debating Paul Elam, a kind of godfather of sort of MGTOW, on Pearl's show. I think that's coming out this week. Mm -hmm. And he was saying... There is no foolproof way that men can get involved in romantic relationships, he meant marriages, and be really foolproof. So Steph and I, really at the behest of Steph here, came up with that list. <laughs> Ten items. Paul Elam, if you're listening, good guy. I agree about the maladies. We disagree strongly about the remedies besetting society. Here are the ten foolproof ways that... Men can get into courtships and tell whether they should get into a marriage. Because you should at least try, I would say. If you spend the rest of your life and you can't find a woman, that's not going to make your life miserable. Um, if, you, if you just can't find a good one, then, hey, I understand that. But at least try. And that show was really interesting to me because th what he was saying was true, that a lot of these men do not test women enough before they put a ring on it and then they're stuck in these miserable lives and so hopefully this show will help to help some young men out there to avoid a catastrophe <laughs> well it's misery on the one end where you will be able to bring kids into the world with maybe a bad woman mm -hmm. there are a lot of bad women out there now inside of the church outside of the church inside of trad catholicism outside of trad catholicism there's bad, bad women. It doesn't matter whether you go to Novus Ordo or charismatic or, or traditionalism. Feminism has wormed its ugly head in there, and it's hard to find a truly non-feminist woman there. That's where we have to help. That's where all this advice kicks off. There, everyone's saying you look blurry there. You don't look blurry there, Steph. You do there, which uh, is, I, I don't know what else well, you can do. Well, the problem Maybe. is that I'm normally over there handling this, so if I'm, I'm just blur into the the background, the background. So, but sorry. i yeah. i think people want to hear from you on this yeah. I, I i really do i think for a show like this we we're talking about you doing a show with rachel wilson mm -hmm. just sands me love her 
Love Rachel Wilson. Love her husband, Andrew Wilson. We're going to be working with them on a lot of stuff in the upcoming future. Near, nearly imminent upcoming future. I hope to do another Ask Your Husband conference soon. That should be in the works. Which will include <laughs> her and, and other projects. Yes, Samantha, but yeah. I think, I think like that show, you know, they can do Sans Tim. This, this show, I think people really want your commentary on this. I think a lot of young men want your commentary on this. Uh, not, not that you're advising them, you're advising the women, but men want to hear a, a woman who's good at being really good to her man <laughs> and the men around him. They get treated nicely when they come around this place. You're not barking at them. You're not telling them how to dress. You're not telling them how to speak. You're cooking for them. You're listening to their stories, adding your insightful commentary if, if they could use it, being the lovely presence you are. You are a needed influence in society. And men don't need your influence. Men need to date women who, who need your influence, who have been influenced by you. And um, I helped you compile this list, but I, I really, I love hearing you talk about this. <laughs> it's I, one of, it actually is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> you're good I at love it. talking about it. You're good at it. I mean, Me and this my is... girlfriends, my friends that are ladies, actually, we, I have a good... I have a crew. solid group of gals that are fun to talk to because they are good wives, number one, good moms, the ones that have had children, and they love their husbands and want them to be happy and not miserable. So they put in a lot of effort in their lives. And so. they're mostly younger women they that have not been spoiled by being part of millennials or Gen X or obviously boomers. Um, there are exceptions in all those generations, but they're mostly young Zoomers where I see a lot of hope. Now, mm -hmm. All right, let's get to that. Rule list. number zero. <laughs> this doesn't count as one of the rules. It's rule number zero. Men, you guys have a lot of work to do too. This all begins after five or six dates. Once you and a young lady begin considering one another steady girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Not before. Not before. Your main job on the first five or six dates is being cool and being manly. Now, it's not Jekyll and Hyde. You're not going to switch over once you become steadies. That's not what we're saying. But you are going to transition swiftly to, okay, I'm still that cool, manly guy that was trying to impress you more. But now that you get who I am in the public space how I'll present to men, women, children as a stranger. Here's how I'm presenting myself in a more intentional way to you as a future spouse. Mm -hmm. Okay? You don't do this on a first date. You don't say any of this on a second date, third date, fourth date. You know, most people, we know a lot about this. We're matchmakers. Go to us by return if you want to be matched with someone, young men and young women. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of it. People tend to go five or six dates. If they're all good, that's when they become boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay? So don't do it before five or six dates. Purely cool is the rule for five or six dates. Now, rule number one. Rule number one. Once you're steady boyfriend and girlfriend with a young lady, say no lots authoritatively, often. Say no, lots, authoritatively, awesome. Why okay. is this often? Okay, let's give you an example. You are a new couple and it is Christmas time and she's saying something like, 
oh, we're going to go visit my family. If you want to visit your family, you say, no, I'd like for you to come to visit my family. You need to start testing that. And I know a lot of people might start with, oh, isn't that kind of mean? It's not. You want to see how a woman handles rejection and disappointment immediately. You want to see if she starts getting manipulative, starts getting huffy, starts chiding you. If she can't just say to you a very respectful, like, oh, okay, if that's really what you like or if this is what you want or, you know, something along those lines. And she starts leaning into being sassy, bossy, vindictive, grumpy, withholding affection Affection or or attention. Affection or attention. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's. She should not be withholding affection or attention. Anytime, a second, mm-hmm. a minute, 10 minutes, or an hour after you say no to her. No withholding affection or intention. Obviously, she shouldn't be yelling, but that, that's active aggression. You should be looking actively. This is your job as a young man dating. Tell your, your, your new girlfriend no, lots, because this is what leadership comprised, is comprised of. You don't need help on how to react mm-hmm. to women and children when you tell them yes. They're going to love you. You want a good woman when you say, nah, we, sorry, we can't do that. She goes, okay, well, all right, whatever. What's the next point of attack? You want to look out for active aggression. We saw a guy at Disney World again this year have his 10-year-old daughter throw a phone at him when he pulled her out of uh, line for a ride. Like literally chucked it at his face. We've seen, famously, I told Matt Frad four years ago, we've seen a lot of active aggression from wives at Disney World Every one of the times we've ever been to Disney where we don't go into public that much. Um, it's horrid. But more realistically in the Catholic space, be looking out for passive aggression, which most often takes the form. This is what you're looking for, men. Say no to them. Because More women, often than not, you're looking for, for a withdrawal of a tex- attention or affection. That's what they do. If they're not heinous feminists, heinous feminists you'll spot right away because you say, no, I don't think... I want to do that, or I don't know, let's do it the other way. If you can't be a leader in the relationship, a heinous feminist will just be a B right away. Like, you're going to get sassiness. Oh, no, you're not, like, all of that. Also, a big problem is when you have the women who start, like Tim saying, manipulate through a lack of attention or praise or really shutting you off. The reason that this is number one on our list, by the way, is because this is going to dictate the rest of your life how you can lead your family. If yes. you do not have a woman that can hear no and hear no even somewhat frequently, if you're like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I, I'm not into this. I'm not into that. If, if you can't say that to a woman, then you are going to be her help meet for the rest of your life and be miserable. Because something's got to give. Right, right, Steph? Yeah. Can you explain what you learned in marriage? How much? I don't mean cucks. I mean all men, Mm -hmm. loving men, seek the approval of their wives. This is not something for cucked men. This is something I seek your approval. Yes. If you withdraw attention or affection, which you don't do very often at all. It's Early very in rare. marriage. It I, hurts. Yes. Well, let me just put myself under, under the microscope. When I was first married, I had a lot of wrong ideas. And a lot of the advice I'm bringing forth to the table, I'm, I'm telling you because I've been through some of it. Not all of it because I, I was pretty anti-feminist all my life. But there were some things that I didn't do correctly. And the, the, where, where it really hinges is that I respected him so much 
And this is what I would tell to young men who are telling a woman no for the first time and it maybe doesn't go the, the best way possible. Like it might not have been with Tim when he first told me no. If you explain to this girl, this, this is important to me. Like Tim did with me when, in our early courtship. This is important to me that we both know our roles in this relationship or this just simply isn't going to work. If you have to come back at her with an with a explanation and then she gets it and she's like, oh, I don't want to lose this great man that I've dated. And he's right. I, I should show him respect. He's, he's going to be the leader of our family if we get married. I need to get used to the fact that he's going to be laying down the law and I'm going to have to say, okay, yeah, you have the last say and word on the matter. It's so vital and important. It's the number one. I wish I could put star, 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 underline it, underline it, underline it, because this is your foundation for a truly anti-feminist relationship is how a woman takes rejection no or disappointment it's the north star it's the north star let's <laughs> oh, speaking of which let's move on to mm. rule number two yeah. to check number two mm-hmm. say no lots frequently it's rule number one <laughs> it's rule number two it is the seat of your future happiness as a husband and wife i'm not joking it's rule number one and rule number two out of ten. It's and and these are ranked in order of importance. And again, Tim does this so well uh, because people might say, "Say no!" Isn't that kind of jerky to always be saying no? You don't have to be an a hole about it. You don't have to say like, "No, we're not doing that." Shut up, sit down, and be quiet. What that looks like in a real world example is like a lot of times I have ideas around the household. Hey, Tim, I want to do this. I'm thinking I want to, you know, put brick in the kitchen or, or something like that he's like oh, no I'm not that was my idea no yeah that was your idea <laughs> <laughs> but if it wasn't his idea or if he didn't like it he is very respectful in how he's telling me no and he has ladies the man has a right to say it and you have the duty to listen to it so but it's authoritative to- <laughs> it's it very friendly yeah people know you probably could tell I'm not really a micromanager at all <laughs> But if I say no, it's like, no, 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 definitely not. Here's why. That's how it goes. I'll say, no, definitely not. Here's why. And I don't do it a lot because, one, Steph has better ideas than all the other women out there. But, two, she's still a woman. So there's a healthy dose of bad ideas. (laughs) Because a woman, right? That's what bad ones come through. (laughs) That's what women do. But, look, if you do this as rule number one, your North Star, and rule number two, your North Star, while you're dating, not in the first five dates, that's just for charming someone and seeing how you present publicly. Right. Yeah. Once you're boyfriend, girlfriend, and you enter what's called a courtship, now you're showing the person how you present privately. Dating right. is public. Courtship is private. This is a preview for how so-and-so will be as a husband, how so-and-so will be as a wife. So as a husband, you say no lots. It's a, it's a virtual authority. Thomas Aquinas would call this a virtual authority because it represents something to come. Right. You can't tell her what to do yet, but you could say, as between you and I, I have this virtual authority because the day we get married, I'm going to act exactly as I've acted in the courtship. So say no lots. Now, the first paragraph, the first sentence of the case for patriarchy is, have you ever been out with your guy friends and you say, let's go do this? And they say, I have to check with the boss. And I go on to describe how perverse that is because he's the boss. That's the opening idea in the case for patriarchy for a reason. The reason is this dysphoric mistaking of wife for boss involves a diminution of the man's authority. So there's nothing like 
saying no. That's the ultimate shit test for who's really in charge. Remember how they say, who can't you criticize on public airwaves? That's really who's running the show. Yeah. You might have some ideas who those people are. Whoever they, they are. Whoever they are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying anything right now, but whoever you think they are, they're the ones you can't critique. Well, the one that, that says no and can't be said no to is who's really the boss. Right. Um, people will confuse. Now, the average couple out there with a more acrimonious relationship than me and you have, I'm just, I'm just going to flaunt that for a second. They will go, oh, we mostly agree. Whoa, 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 whoa. You agree less often than this lady and me, right? Because we get along and we agree intellectually about almost everything. But that's not all the time. So you still disagree more often than us. And we disagree often enough that there has to be authority because we're two different people. Who wins every time we disagree? Of course, the man, Mm -hmm. the boss, the boss. It's that simple. You can't let this go until the day of your marriage. You have to virtually assert the authority by saying, you know, no, the final word haver is the boss. And you're checking specifically. It's kind of like when you go to the doctors and they're like, let's just do an x-ray. We'll check for all the bad stuff. They don't know what the hell they're actually hoping your minor sickness is. I don't know. I guess you just had some minor pneumonia. What they're really looking for is tumors, lesions, polyps, stuff you really don't want to see on there, right? That's what you're doing when you shit test. You say no. No, we're not going to do that. Say no nice. Don't be, don't be an asshat. But say no because you're going to have to do it when you get married and, and kids are running around. You don't have tons and tons of time to, to, to dress everything up nicely, to sugarcoat it. So say no. And what you're looking for are tumors, lesions, polyps. And what that is, the tumor is the, the fit. Yeah, that, the that's how fit. women know how to, bad women know how to get what they want. And how, what that looks like is wifely tantrums, a withdrawal of affection, a withdrawal of praise, an obvious physical, like, I disapprove of that, making your life com- uncomfortable until you give her what she wants. And so you do not want a woman. If, if, you, if, if guys out there, if you have a, a girlfriend and you say no respectfully on something like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And she starts doing that, dump her. Right away. Dump her right dump away. Her. Dump her. And if you think she's a good girl and you think there's hope there, dump her anyway. And then let her come back to you and be like, yeah, I acted like a brat. I'm not going to do that anymore. It works. Dump her. Yeah. We know one of our best couple friends, younger couple, this works for. Dump her. If she is a gold nugget, you'll get her back. She'll come back better than before. Set Mm -hmm. the baby. If you love someone, set them free. That little baby bird will return to you. Uh, a golden, majestic eagle of a woman. <laughs> right. Do it. Do dumping it. Dumping a woman. Honestly, let me just say this real quick. We've talked about this before. Dumping women is so effective. It is so effective. If you show them disapproval in return, good women, it does throw you back on your heels a little bit. You're like, oh, I probably was a brat. I probably shouldn't be do- acting this way. It's so effective. Just try it out. <laughs> George Costanza does it to regain the upper hand. He had no hand in a relationship in Seinfeld. He dumps her because he thinks she's about to dump him. And he reverses everything. It, it works even it's- arbitrarily employed. It definitely works when a woman throws a passive or 
an active temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Active temper tantrums like the immediately cancerous tumor, you know yeah. it when you see it. Passive temper tantrums are almost as bad. They're like the likely cancerous polyp you see in there. And in some ways, they're, they're worse, right? They're a time bomb. So that's what you're checking for. What, what is a... There, there aren't false positives. There are false negatives, though. So what you're hoping for is just the girl kind of carries on and you kind of say, no, yeah, we're not going to do that. Here, here's what, what I'd like to do instead. Here's, let, let's go to it. It'll be great. And you could sell it a little bit, too. That's not selling out to, to be like, and this is why it's better. But no questions. What you want is a declarative masculine assertion. No, we're not going to do that. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll go to my house. Um, here's why it'll be better. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to deal with your mom. Neither do you. <laughs> we're going to go to my house because um, whatever. I, my cousins are over. They'll be a lot more fun than hanging out with, with your mom, you know, griping at us about uh, whatever, whatever she wants. So um, masculine declarative assertions, but with some justifications, fine. That's not cucking yourself to do. Because let me tell you, whatever you're seeing now in a, in a dating relationship with a woman is going to magnify after you get married. So whatever behaviors you're going to see or, you know, traits that you're seeing usually get – like once she, she's on her best behavior now. She's during incentivized your, to she's be She's incentivized best. to be on her best behavior right now during the courtship. Once you get married, 100% of the time she will let her hair down and – whatever problems you're seeing beforehand will definitely magnify. Right. So you just need no to doubt. realize that. Like, and A plus will go. Yes. I mean, like, look, I, everyone knows I'm into ba basketball and football cards. They can only go down in time. Now, if you get them locked, you get them PSA or BGS graded and you get them locked <laughs> and, and slabbed, you could basically seal in whatever grade they were. This is a, this is a, a mint condition. This is a nine. Or it could be a, a gem mint, which is a 10 or a 9.5. But that's very rare. This is a 9. We sealed it in time. And it basically won't get in worse condition. It can't get in better condition. But it's air slabbed. You can seal it. And you do that by preserving the authority virtually. Even technically before you have the authority. Because you're just in a courtship, not a married rapport. Um, saying no to children and and in a different way women women are fully grown and ego formed even though many in today's society act like petulant children mm -hmm. it constitutes the daily meat of life the daily stuff of life so it has to be a frequent thing even when you agree with each other as much as steph and i do and we agree with each other about much more than most couples out there um if you don't believe me Let's go on to the other points. And you'll uh -huh. see Steph is very comfortable saying things in a masculine declarative fashion that most even other goodly women get a little skittish about because she agrees intellectually. A lot of that has to do with her childhood and, and, and things we won't get into. But she's, <laughs> she's more willing to be a good sport about the male way of doing things than even other goodly wives. Right. Thank you. <laughs> the fourth, number four, the way you shit test your courtship, young men is to, in a masculine way, declaratively assert where you and your wife will be living. I mean, city and state. Thank you. Why, why is this so important, Stevi, from a female perspective? In our matchmaking service, we've run into oh. some interesting problems. Oh. And it's very indicative of where we are in society, especially with women. 
Now, we say in our matchmaking service that we want single income. We are, we are creating single income households where the husband is the breadwinner and the woman stays at home, right? So where the family will be is highly dependent on the man's career where he has his job. So we tell the ladies in the program, you will be, if you meet and fall in love with a man in our program, you will be a single income household and you will have to move to where he, the male, has the job. We are still running into this issue where women are dictating to the man, I want to be near my family. I will not move. That is, again, a woman wrestling the, the role of the husband and the role of the man away from him right before his very eyes. And it's been very, very frustrating because these, these women don't seem to get. You cannot have a single income household when the man's having to switch jobs to, to come to you. He's already set up and he's the one that's going to be providing the way of life. Also, it's a kind of proxy. Mm-hmm. This point number four. Declare assertively, uh, certainly, where you and your wife will be living. Pick someplace. If you, it doesn't have to be near your family over hers. What's best for a lot of people, given the feminist nature of the boomers and Gen X who will be your parents, depending on your age, is to not live near either of your families. You know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of young couples are finding this. Yeah, it's best. We're doing things the new old-fashioned way. The boomers and the Gen X who constitute the parental generation, the grandparent generation over newly marrieds, will be interfering and causing actual havoc. Oh, so a, I, lot, yes. a lot of people need to just, hey, I always wanted to live in Sioux Falls. I'm moving me and my wife to Sioux Falls. You want to be part of this team? You're going to move to Sioux Falls. If you're a new member of the Chicago Bulls, you just got drafted, and they move to Sioux Falls, then you're now a Sioux Falls Bulls, not a Chicago. You don't get to go, oh, well, I wanted to be part of the team, but I wanted to be in Chicago. You are now a Sioux Fallian. You are. Yeah, no. It's, it's important that, that women understand. You are getting on his bandwagon. Ladies, we say this all the time with new newlyweds. It, uh, I implore you, when you're newlyweds, live alone in your own city for at least a few years. You two figure out your system, and then everyone else who wants to be a part of your family and your life, family members, close friends, all that, they will be a part of that. But you two need to figure that out on your own without all the interference. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. Most of your friends and family have a really bad idea on how marriages ought to be run, and they're in no position to be giving you advice on anything. And unfortunately, we live in a society where the women think that they're always in a position to be giving advice on everything. <laughs> yeah. So just you two as a young married couple, go off on your own. <laughs> it was yeah. great for us. We loved it. We lived in Italy for a couple of years. It was the best. And sorry if you think, oh, it's sacrosanct to say, well, we're trads. We're not feminists. But, you know, a lot. what a lot of women will do to rule over their husbands if they're trads and they think it doesn't make them a feminist, is they'll go, no, no, no. It's just my husband wants to be like my dad and my dad knows and my dad is proxy for what the what the woman in the relationship wants Mm -hmm. your dad's not part of this relationship the man your husband your prospective husband whom you're courting now he he's what he says goes that's what we tell all six of our daughters because they're very very close with tim our time with our daughters to impart to them 
you know, the, the, like the morals and the, the way to be a good woman, a good Catholic, is from the time they're born until they're 18 years old. And once yeah. they're out on their own, of course, they can come to their parents for advice. But I had my time with them. Unfortunately, what I'm seeing in a lot of these marriages is that these these parents are giving their daughters off into marriage and still thinking that they can parent their daughters. And that time is done. She's now under the headship of another man. And he is the king of that household. A true king. A true king. I know this is going to piss a lot of you off. And good, because you need to hear it. <laughs> a true king knows the borders of his domain, of his realm well. A true king does not uh, um, impose over the border of his domain. He observes it, keeps it clean. You know, maybe it's marked off in shrubberies. <laughs> but he does not start uh, uh, in, encroaching on, you know, even 10 feet over on another king's domain. Because you know that's war. That's, that is a, that's war. It's bullshit. It is yeah. war. But it's bullshit is what it is. What I want is for my six daughters, because I'm, I'm a true king, to be kings mm -hmm. and to be Cool guys, I, I get along with young people very well, so I don't have to make friends with the young by proxy, by, by ruling over them like a lot of less secure kings, um, less fixed in their kingship. I, look, we'll be great friends, and I'm friends with my daughters, each and every one, and they have good judgment, and I'm going to love who they bring home. But I'm going to say, hey, yeah, I, dude. One thing you can do if you're worried about a father's rights, I'd love for my daughters to live close. You know what I'm doing? I'm scooping up land in this neighborhood. That's one thing I'm doing. That's what a true king does so that I can entice each of my six daughters' eventual husbands and say, look, you're the king. You go where you want to go. All I'm saying is I have six plots of land in this neighborhood, and I don't have it all now, but I'm, I'm scooping them up one by one. Whenever we, we got some cheap lots when we first moved here, I want to get a few more and then say, I will, if you're willing to live near me and Steph, totally your choice. If you say no, we won't nag you, but I will pay for the down payment for a home in our neighborhood on one of these six plots. See how it's creative and it respects the autonomy of this other king. I don't want to encroach on his Authority now is now the wives have nothing to do. I mean, I don't always pick my socks up off the floor or whatever, but it's always an adventure with me. Well, <laughs> we always have a good time, and I always love you with my whole heart, and you know that. And um, that's what men should be offering now, women who voice their preferences. Well, I want to live in so and so. That's a direct attack on patriarchy. Would you would you say something? I'm going to make an analogy at it's the okay end of this It's okay to one. say, like, again, and we go back to our first thing, to saying no. It's okay for a woman to say, hey, I, I, I'd like to live next to my family. I, this is what I would like to do. But you have to be willing to hear the man say, well, no, I'm not. I have a job in a different state. I'm not doing that. I own a home here. No, we're not. I'm not moving to, to, to please one of your preferences, especially when you're the head of the household. But what if... Um, what if he has a job where he can work from anywhere mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to live near her family, right? Again, and that's say why... Say no. Yeah, say and no. tell her why. And that's even when you were saying with all the plots of land, it's like, I'm still going to be encouraging our, our children when they're first married. Like, you go off. I want you to go off with your new husband. I want you to be a couple alone. 
Um, we're very close with our children, but that's good for their marriage, for them to depend only on each other. And if they need advice, they know to call their mom if they need it. But I don't need to be in their, their business. They are the new creation. They are a new married couple. And so those plots of land will be ready for them if their husband wants them and after they can go figure themselves out and we'll be here ready for them. But, you know, I think it's really important for a man because that, that's something that we are noticing a lot, that young women are dictating to young men where they will live. Right. And, and honestly, let me, just be, let me just tell the guys what's going on there. It is a form Good. of feminism because what these young women typically are doing is that they're saying, I want my family to be the guiding influence on this relationship. I want my parents and my family to be involved in our, in our home life. I don't want to break away, leave and cleave from my parents. I need them still to be kind of around. That's not good. That's There's, not good. You want a woman that is ready to be an adult Catholic woman and wife and be a new creation with her husband and depend on him. And she has to be an adult to do that. And, and unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of younger women who just aren't ready mentally. And so they need their family nearby. They need to have their mom and their dad and their sisters and their environment nearby, almost as like a retreat from their adult woman relationship. And that's that's ca- going to cause a lot of issues. Yeah, they're trying to set, these young women are trying to set the conditions for the possibility of their comfort with the dictation of rules mm-hmm. in their new situation. If they say, well, oh, no, 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 men are in charge. I, I submit to the patriarchy. But here's how my dad does it. Um, Jim, let's say her husband's Jim. Shouldn't you be looking to my dad as the patriarch? That just means she's comfortable with the rule. And she, that's called forum shopping mm-hmm. in law. That's called forum selection shopping. Where you're just saying, hey, I know the laws of the state of Delaware, much more favorable for business than the laws of New Hampshire. So can we get this court case in Delaware? No. He's the judge, jury, executioner. <laughs> your new husband, not your dad. Not your dad. Not your dad. And the young man needs to, a young man, when you're first dating and you're first married, he needs to, it's something you have to learn to do, to be your own patriarch. You need to know, you need to learn how to do it. Now, you're only going to learn how to do that by, yes, some example, if you have, you're lucky enough to have good parents, but by actually going through that and leading a woman and becoming a father yourself. And if you're always having an outside influence, the nagging sectaries of like the, the, the wife's family, that's. It's, you're going to get off on the wrong foot. Yeah, he's not going to know. So, That's how you create re- rigidity in a ruler, by the way. All these feminists play on the trope of the tyrannical husband chaining you to a radiator. You create that by overcompensation. Most men are just cucks and get bossed around by their wives, mm-hmm. and they're, they're pathetic, and they have horrible lives, creating high suicide rates among middle-aged white men. But among those that do take the power back, it's like if... it. If they do so in a tyrannical way, it's probably because you, women, forced them to overcompensate and they slung back like a slingshot. If you're just like, hey, look, whatever you want goes, honey, you know, that whatever you say, you know, I don't care what your mom and dad say. I don't care what my mom and dad say. I don't. It's, it's you and me. It's you and me versus everyone. And um, you let me know the rules and I will honor them. You tell the kids the rules and I will be the sergeant. You know, the field general enforcing them, but, you know, but just it's you and me. And it's an attack on pra- uh, patriarchy to, for a woman to list her preferences only when she's doing so in the 
passive aggressive way where she's trying to set the conditions. It's not wrong to say, hey, I've always had a dream of living in Honolulu, Hawaii. You could say that. Just if he says, oh, cool dream, not going to happen because I hate Hawaii or something. <laughs> um, I, th- then you just say, okay, cool. But that, that wasn't passive aggressive. I'm not saying a lot of women, Steph can do that kind of stuff, and I know it's not passive aggressive. 99 times out of 100. <laughs> no one's perfect. I'm still a woman. She, she's still a sinner, not a saint, but you, you, you're, you're good at this. I'd like to make an analogy to move us on to rule number five. An analogy is preferences lightly, liltingly expressed versus heavy-handedly expressed in even the engagement ring. Oh, my goodness. Can you... <laughs> Can you say something about I, It's one thing to go, that ring is beautiful. I love it. It's another thing to have a whole list of engagement. This is a gift. Ladies. This is a gift. The engagement ring, and men, the engagement ring is a gift. It is not. Uh, if a, girl, a birthright. If a girl starts telling you exactly what type of engagement ring she wants and sending you pictures of it. Dumper. Dumper. <laughs> Dumper. Dumper. There's so many girls yeah. out there, guys. There's so many girls. It Dump is her. a gift. And you know what? The men do, the men don't get anything except for just the woman, right? Yeah. We don't get the we don't men- get a dowry anymore. <laughs> We're supposed to get a dowry. I want to talk about that too, but Yeah, on, yeah, like that is I have seen so I mean, I've seen some hilarious things online on Twitter where it's like men on the street asking women, "Um, what sort of engagement ring do you want?" And they're like, "Oh, I need at least 50 years salary." Um, for my <laughs> engagement ring. It is a gift. And you know what? Honestly, I don't even like the practice of like of women saying, oh, this is what I prefer. I think a man should just go and present her with it. And if you want to be um, just a nasty woman and you don't like it, then you have a right to say no, I guess, if you don't want to wear that ring for the rest of your life. You're doing him a but, favor. But saying what I'm hearing them say is, oh, but I'm going to wear it for the rest of my life, so I want to like it that you're a brat guys you're a brat a good woman will love anything you get all together (laughs) and we know you're not gonna like shit test this literally by tying a turd to a string and saying here i love you wear this you're gonna go pick out a polished gem it's a diamond you're gonna go pick out a polished gem probably a diamond there's no hard and fast rule there and you're gonna present it to her and it's gonna be beautiful and shiny and this girl look i'm from a family of geologists this girl doesn't even know what the hell she's looking at and she's just gonna go oh well i have all these pre- there are there are these five c's and blah blah look it could be look. white topaz she wouldn't even know the difference she didn't know what the hell she's talking about it's a gift and i proposed to step without a ring she said yes we kissed we went to the mall and we we picked one out together not to be democratic but just because i asked her the first second i knew with with substantial certitude the first second i knew she was about to leave my apartment i was like i just got pinged by the holy spirit i wasn't even praying i was using my own faculties and he said don't let this one go we went and picked out a ring right there and and um it was i've never seen a less picky customer this girl was glowing because we were going to get married because she's the best girl in the world that's what a girl should do she should be the best girl in the world that you've ever met and you should just be thrilled. This is a gift. Men don't get shit. We don't get no. jack shit until we get this band of gold. And I, I, I love it. And my, my first one came off while we were scuba diving. At Lover's Cove. Lover's his Cove. Real, his, original, his original wedding ring got 
got lost in Lover's got Cove. Got lost in Lover's Cove. We Catalina. had to replace it. We had to replace it when I was in law school. We were poor. This thing cost $275, the replacement one. I don't even remember how much mine It's gold was, and silver. But I love it. Yeah. You, you're just, we have we have way more money than, than I had to drop on a ring then. We had way more money than for a replacement ring for $275. I lost it five years into our marriage. I don't want anything else. To me, this is Steph, even though it's the second one. Again, it's um, the wrong focus. If a woman is talking about the ring and uh, the type and stuff, then she's probably a brat, and she's, she has a completely wrong idea of what marriage is. It's not about things. It's not about your stupid ring. It's not about how much it's worth or what it's made of or anything. This is a symbol for something else. It is a symbol for a man loves you and wants to dedicate his life to you. And I, this is what I tell my daughters all the time. I'm saying if a man is, if you're ever, you know, blessed enough to have a man ask you to be his wife, what he's presenting you with is a gift that symbolizes, I want to commit to you for the rest of my life, which is the actual big, biggest gift that you'll ever receive. Yeah. And being a brat about how much it is, what it looks like, all this other stuff, you're, you're acting like a brat. low class. Yeah. You're acting low class. And guys, if you're with a girl and she's putting in a lot of emphasis on that, red flag. Red flag. I'd dump her. I'd dump her. Yeah, you're acting low class. You're acting like you eat at Popeye's. <laughs> get a hold of yourselves, ladies. Yeah. Cut that shit out. That men don't or, get anything. Men don't get anything. And we're going to talk about mom and dad, mother <laughs> of the bride, father bride, in a second, because we're going into our next rules. But come on, act like an adult in the world. You know, remember what Kanye said? Billionaires don't wear their riches around their, their neck. You wear gold around your neck. You look like some paltry millionaire. I'm a billionaire. I don't wear my wealth around my, my body. That's classy. <laughs> I was just listening to Dave Chappelle talk about this. Oh, that's funny. Act like you've been there before, man. You don't need the fanciest ring that you're just tempting people to take it. If you want to buy each other a 25th wedding anniversary ring, that's really fancy, really expensive. Honestly, the fiftieth. Get then get fancy jewelry. You need, you need functional jewelry. You should be thrilled when you're both young and beautiful, the way you are. Hopefully, you're 20 years old when you're getting engaged. You don't need the beautiful jewelry to adorn you. Get a fancy wedding ring when you engagement ring when you've been, whatever the hell it's called, an anniversary ring. <laughs> 50 years in because old people look like corpses. They need they need to be beautified a bit. Right? You know what I love about my wedding that. ring? I'm just going to say this. I, when Tim and I, and this is a lot of the best marriages that I've, I've known um, or have heard about. Uh, your parents, for example, like your mom has a very beautiful yet humble ring. Your dad could now afford to get her something massively extravagant if he wanted to do that but she in her older age is carrying on her finger a, a, a almost like a relic of their youth together where a young man doesn't have a lot of money and it is it's beautiful I love that about about my my wedding ring that you gave me it's like it's not only is it beautiful but it is a a symbol of where we were at that time. Our and youthful love. Our youthful yeah. love. And it's like, I, I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I remember swapping um, it out, swapping it out for something grander or, you know, being in the, in the headspace when you're proposing or about to propose to me of being like focusing on this and not on the bigger picture, which is that you're going to spend your life with this person, this man, especially if you're a young lady in this climate where 
things are out of control and you're lucky enough to get a man on a knee and propose marriage to you, which most men are not wanting to do these days, then you already are beyond blessed. Talking about and focusing too much on material things like the ring and what color it is and, and all of that other stuff, you're, you're acting like a brat. Honestly, you are acting like a brat. Knock it off. Yeah, I don't remember. Some gauche old divorcee on one side of our families was like, oh, that's cute. That's a starter ring. You'll swap that out later. You're like, they will have to pry this beautiful, most cherished item off my cold, dead finger. I was like, oh, Lady. I'm going to wear this until I'm in my coffin. You old harlot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not, that's divorcee talk, right? This, this thing the women is, that, oh, dear, these yeah, women. I'm telling Yikes. you, so you, you, your preference... Stipulation is bad sign. Ditcher. If the you know city and state matters too much, ditcher. If you're hearing too much about a, a gift that she's making you buy for her, that's a gift. She'll brother. reevaluate her priorities if you dump her. I'll tell you right dump now. Her. You'll find out if you have a good one. If she comes back to you and she's like, I'm really sorry. I, I overstepped my, my bounds. I, I realized I acted very bratty on X, Y, or Z issue. Uh, please give me another shot. If you never hear from her again after you dump her from acting like a brat, good riddance. Man, you're awesome. Man, you, you did just dodged a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> What's our next one? Number four. Dump this girl if she cares what her mom thinks. <laughs> At all, at all, because that's just um, matriarchy by proxy of matriarchy. That's not even crypto matriarchy. Now we're going to talk about number number five. Cares too much what her dad thinks. It's not an at all. It's a too much what dad thinks. That would be matriarchy by proxy of patriarchy. But but for rule number four, if she cares at all what her mom thinks. If you're hearing on dates, Dumper. if you're hearing on dates, the woman's like, well, my mom thinks this and my mom thinks that. That's a weird dynamic the two of them have. I'm very close with my daughters and I'm already telling them like, don't. Oh, my gosh. The last thing a guy wants to hear in the world on a date is what I think about anything. <laughs> don't do that. Well, remember, so this is specific to once they're even steadies. So, yeah, no one should be talking about anything other than. That which makes you seem cool, robo-manly if you're a dude, robo-ladylike if you're a woman. On your first five dates, that's what we call dating. We're talking about courtship. All of this stuff pertains to courtship. And the rule for women is still don't talk about what your mother thinks as if it um, ipse dixit ratifies what you're saying or a fortiori makes it stronger. It makes it weaker. Yeah, because Women. what a guy is hearing when he says that and what a guy ought to be hearing when, when a woman says that to, to you young men is that not only are you going to have to marry this woman, but you're also marrying her mom. That means her mom is way too involved in a grown woman's life in an unhealthy way where when you're married and there's a problem, she's going to be running off to her mom and her mom's going to be involved in what telling her what to do and telling you what to do. If you're hearing about the mom too much, just... The, run those are run. just the boundary conditions yeah though. those are the ones everyone talks about mm -hmm. oh well, if we get in an argument mom's going to be taking her side that's at least liminal those are liminal spaces occasional spaces it's worse than that if a girl talks too much at really at all about what her mom thinks <laughs> then that means that her mom is always with you like jesus says about the poor right that means 
<laughs> the mom is always there like the all-seeing eye overlooking what goes on in your home because you've got good Nazi, no, well, not Steph, good little Nazi number one going, my mom wouldn't like that. The, the model for the mother-in-law is the godfather. Do you know how many spoken lines uh, Vito's wife has in The Godfather? One. And it has to do with cooking. I forget what it is. <laughs> I think she's asking people, do you want me to cook more? That's the model. Okay? Now, mm-hmm. people will ask me, oh, the, what the mom thinks doesn't matter at all. Isn't Steph a kind of opinionated woman? Yes. But not. That's when she's talking to younger women. All she does is what St. Paul says that women who are expressive should do. Do what your husband tells you. Mm. She has a book called Ask Your Husband. Do what your husband tells you. Look, there's stuff that uh, a husband can't fluctuate on, like he can't make his wife uh, use uh, uh, prophylactics. But there are things that are totally up to him. Most stuff in life, like where you live, what your house will be, what kind of work he'll do, mm-hmm. what kind of homeschooling he wants you to do, what kind of How you spend to do. your money, when you spend your money, all of that. Yeah, what your yeah. priorities are. That's all Steph would ever say is, hey, listen to your husband. And here's all the ways your life is going to be enriched by listening to your husband. So that's not her substituting her judgment for the judgment of your household. That's her just saying, go do what your husband. Then that's what St. Paul says time and time again. This is the one thing... Women should really be opening their mouths to do. It's all over three or four Pauline epistles. Older women should be telling the young women to love their husbands at home, how to do so, how to do so in an especially beautiful way. And um, they should never be presuming to tell the men anything. It's also a sign of a really officious mother. Like, uh, it just is. Like, if you're hearing from, if you're on a date with a young woman on, like, date five, and you're, you've heard that a lot, oh, my mom thinks this. My mom thinks that that that's that's the, that's a sign that the mom's probably a nag and, and and just way too involved in a really unhealthy way, and that the daughter is probably following suit. Um, so I would really look out for that. You want a woman that's ready to be your wife and ready to be like, yeah, I love my family, but I this this is what matters right here. Three words: leave and cleave. Mm-hmm. That's what marriage is. That's what holy matrimony is. You leave and cleave. I'm right. always, I see marriages now where men have been married for like 20 years and they are still, whenever they have a problem in their marriage, they're having to battle the wife and the wife's mom. It's some weird tag team thing that I've noticed where the wife and the mother are just, are, it's like against the daughter's husband. It's very strange. It's like women creating these mini groups to team up against the man. So if you're a young man and you're seeing that already, uh, get out. Don't get go. out. Address it and get out if it's not taken care of. Remember, weird. there is no end to Christian marriage. If you make a mistake and you marry a girl that deserved to be sidelined or dumpstered, mm-hmm. that's your fault. And you will pay for it with the rest of your life because you can't divorce her. Not even for infidelity. And you're not bringing children into this situation with a woman who is should have been single for the rest of her life, honestly. And well, you will, though. If yeah. you marry her, you will bring children into yeah. the situation. And then what do you do? And then we're just perpetuating cycles. We're perpetuating cycles, yeah. but you then you love your kids, but 
like a lot of these men that are so browbeaten by their wives, they, they, they love the kids but kind of hate the wives. I don't know what to tell them. Do you understand? I am not a sophist. Sophists tell you I can, I can make uh, a argument correct or look correct. I can make a prime argument correct or look correct. I can make any argument seem true. That's not what Steph and I are doing, young men, young women. What we're doing is we're telling you I cannot help you. If you marry a dirty, rotten scoundrel of a nasty woman, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Now, Will Noland and his wife have some good ideas for how to turn the tide some. But most, you should listen to Will Noland. They, they know what they're doing. And we also have some advice. Steph has one chapter in her book <laughs> that's helpful for women who want to stop being a feminist. But that's hard. After you've had a courtship that's feminist and an early marriage that was a foundation lane in feminism, it's going to be hard and most men can't get out they of it. They can't that. escape out of it. If you're, if, you're, if you're already finding yourself in a relationship with a woman that you're having to constantly compromise on your principles, your preferences, the things that you want to do in life so that you don't have to deal with like the woman tantrum, you're not going to get out of that. No. That's going to get worse, much much, much, much worse after you get married. And you will always be her servant after that. You need to, like we said with the, with the first one, you need to be able to tell her no. And she's got to be able to handle it like an adult. If she isn't, dump her. Like a beautiful, <laughs> dump her. Like a beautiful, elegant, noble-hearted lady who just says, whatever you say, whatever you say, let's, I'll, I'll make it happen. I'd like to do this. That's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do this. I'm kind of disappointed, but I'll, I'm give me four seconds. I'll be over it. I'm powering up. Okay, it's gone. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do. And and your husband, ladies, if you do that, will appreciate you so oh, I, much. People, I'm not women. I'm telling you right now. If you just show a man a like basic love, kindness, respect, and and humility and submission, if you do those things. What you get back in return is beautiful. It's amazing. Your life will be so easy and lovely because men, they feed off of that. If you just give like the man what he's owed, how simple. It's you're, what you're getting back is even grander. And it, I hate to even put it in those terms because it's like you're telling women like just be nice to somebody and then you'll get something great in return. And, but it's, it is the truth. The best and most lovely marriages and the easiest and most natural marriages is that both people understand what their roles are. And they just, God created, and why wouldn't that be? God right. created man and women to re relate to one another very specifically. And if we take those rules seriously, of course what God creates, if you're it's doing it right, works well. Of course, why, does, why wouldn't it? Okay, next one I'm really excited about. That's... Number okay, four well, on the list, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all right, let's review real fast. Sorry, we're, we're gonna, we'll take no. account here. Rule number one, say no, young men. Lots say no authoritatively. That's how, this, is, this is how you should test women you're courting. Rule number two, say no lots and say no authoritatively lots. It's the first two rules. Rule number three, dictate declaratively where during the courtship you plan to live with your wife and kids. And don't negotiate. And do not no negotiate. Do not negotiate. Do not negotiate with a woman. Just tell her this is where we're going. And if she starts, woo, 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 like, nope, nope. You don't even have to name her. You don't have to say, this is where you and I are going. Say, this is where I 
and my wife, woman X, <laughs> named woman X, and my 11 children will live in Duluth, Minnesota, That's or whatever so you whatever you want. Yeah, talk about the wife in like an abstract yeah. form. Me and my wife, whoever she may be, maybe you, maybe not, will be living in Sioux Falls. <laughs> whatever you want. Rule number four. Dump her if she cares at all what her mom thinks. Oh, my mom thinks that um, you should have worn nicer shoes on the date. My mom thinks you that you should have gotten the COVID vax. My you should have gotten the COVID vax. My mom thinks you shouldn't have gotten the COVID vax. I didn't. If you if you screwed up and you got the COVID vax, <laughs> and her mom's at least a trad. We'll hear it more often this way from trads. Well, what about that? My mom's saying he's really bad for you. If you screwed up, you know you screw up, and you got the COVID vax. You don't need to hear about it from some old man's old lady. Right? Yeah, even if the mom's saying truth, <laughs> no mom is saying true things, no, no young man wants to hear no. about what somebody's mom. It's hell on earth. Everything. So no, I don't care if you got it. I don't care if you didn't get it. If the woman, if the if the girl's mom is saying this, and and the girl you're courting is taking it seriously, dump her. Yeah. Now, if she's getting advice privately from her mom, it's probably bad advice. Hopefully, it's good advice. But if it's good advice, you'll never hear about it. Because both women, if they're good women, know not to <laughs> step uh, on your toes. Step on your toes. Now, rule. Now we're going to table the other one. Rule number five is if she cares not at all, but cares too much, what her dad thinks, dump her. This just like caring at all what her mother thinks. Yeah, that means you're going to means that she's not going to be comfortable with leave and cleave. And she's going to be comparing you constantly to your to her father, putting you through the father's lens all the time. Yeah, if you're having to compete with the with the woman you're dating's father immediately, it's weird. dump her. It's That's weird. weird. Do you have electric complex? Because I, you, a man can say to a woman, "Look, I don't have the Oedipal complex. Whether you have a an A plus mom, a C plus mom, or an F plus mom, um, you shouldn't be actively comparing." Because comparison is a thief of joy. I think Theodore Roosevelt said that. So true. It's weird. I, are you Oedipal, dude? That's what a girl has a right to say to a, a, a guy. If he's like, well, my mommy makes me macaroni on special days where my nose goes sniffle. <laughs> you sound like a waif. Okay? Do you? Okay. Comparison is a thief of joy. Don't do that, Oedipus. And same thing with the man talking to his courted girlfriend. You're not there. If he says, hey, if she says, hey, I want you to be like my dad. What are you, Electra Complex? This is gross. It's getting Greek. And men, you're not dating a woman if she's saying that. You're dating a daddy's girl who is going to, again, be bringing in her father into your relationship far too much. A good dad, by the way, Tim and I talk about this a lot. A good, honorable father understands that he had his daughter under his care until she was an adult and she's into on her own life. He had that time with her to to instruct her, to teach her, to all of that stuff. When she's a married woman, his time for he's, that sort of instruction and what have you is done. Finny. It's done. You have your time, guys, dads, with your daughters. Use that time wisely. It is not appropriate when your daughter is uh, in a serious relationship for you to be constantly interjecting yourself. No, 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 constantly. Ever. No, no. See, this is this is the problem. The rule number four is if the girl cares at all what mom thinks, dump her. Rule number five, if she cares too much what dad thinks, dump her. But that's still a low threshold. So I don't I don't I want yeah. that to be mistakable here. 
a goodly king knows his border well, right? He tends it well. It's a clean border between his domain and the realm of another sovereign prince or king. And it's so, usually the insecure dads that are the ones that are like using their daughters for, because they're not getting it from the wives. Always. They're using it, their daughters as a way to uh, get that lordly respect. Like, like, oh, my father, when you, when I, when I'm in dating age, you have to approach my father on bended knee and offer him all sorts of adulation and praise. And then you may date this young lady. Like th- secure good dads, are, they know they did a good job with their daughters. They don't need to, to, to have the, the new boyfriend kiss his ass all the time. And it's weird when, the, when and I see this, I'm sorry, guys, I see this see a lot, lot in the trad community where it's like the fathers are being placed um, in, a, in a position of almost demeaning the new boyfriend. You men should be raising your daughters where uh, she brings, you had your time with her. She brings a young man into your family. And it's a proof of concept. And it's Her a proof good of taste is a proof of concept. Yeah, you, you I can't wait to meet who Mary uh, who who young Maggie brings home. He's going to be a champ. He's going to get along with us and mm. our friends like a champ because Maggie doesn't take crap from guys and she doesn't want a girly man. And she wants a guy that uh, I hope he's a better man than I am. It's not a contest electric complex. Right. Right? A, a good king knows his borders. And guess what? The trad feminism does involve usually the mom who still, because trads, you have just as much feminism as Novus Ordo Catholics. The mom really rules the household. She's usually overweight, throwing her weight around, kicking the husband out of the table. She knows how to make it look a little less feminist, but the man's not getting that. The word you're seeking there is fealty. A man seeks fealty from his wife and his kids when they're young. That kind of lordly treatment, not, not, not in a pompous way, just in a way where, where there's a direct, unequivocal acknowledgement publicly in the mm-hmm. household of their authority. That's all we mean by fealty. So the man doesn't get it, but it's expected by, I guess, the mom and the daughter who's now of courting age that he'll get the fealty through the young man, which is like... Like the, I don't want Pre- my daughters, and you don't want this. I don't want my daughters' husbands to like think they have to kiss your ass all the time. No, I want my daughter to marry a man. I want him to know his kingdom, and I want him to know his boundaries, and obviously respect him. But if she's, if my daughters are bringing home a guy who's kissing Tim's ass too much, gross. It's gonna be it, it's just, that. That to me, that makes me wor- that makes me worry. I'm it's like, a form this of guy, feminism. This it's... guy isn't his own guy. No, uh, is he going to protect my daughter? Is he a man enough to 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 be his own lordly king over his parameters? He's or is just... he going to be constantly kissing Tim's ass? Like that? That's just not. It's not manly. It's not what a king and does. And it's not what other. I don't like. I really don't like this in the trad community that the uh, the fathers, the good fathers, who really do have a right to, you know, are invested in their daughters because they are the ones, and it's a rarity in society, who actually raised them well. But don't overstep your bounds. Just because you're a good dad and just because you really invested your time with your daughters does not give you the right to to grind under your heel a young man who's now coming into your family to assert himself as a patriarch. You need to step back, trust that you have, you had your time with your daughter, you raised her, you had many, 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 many years to impart to her what you needed to impart to her. And when she's out there exercising 
a choice in a male and she brings him forward, you need to treat him like another patriarch, not like some boy who needs to be scolded and, and, and like demeaned to enter into your family. That isn't manly. That's really, it reeks of insecurity. Yeah, kings don't simp. And kings also, the older king, doesn't grind someone under their boot heel. Um, so when you see this happening, it's just feminism. It's, yeah. it's barely concealed crypto feminism. You see it a little more in the trad community, like you're saying. But you see it in Novus Ordo and, and Secular World, too. The dad doesn't get respect from the mom, but they're expecting the dad to prop up his daughter's future matriarchy by proxy. And therefore, kiss my dad's ass, kiss my dad's ass. Well, your mom doesn't kiss your dad's ass. She's the main person that, that ought, ought to be doing that. Why would the young man who's trying to marry your daughter kiss up to you when your mom, the mom sets the ultimate example for mm -hmm. her offspring? Thank you. If, if the mom doesn't treat the father with fealty, why would the young woman, the daughter, or her husband, that's really perverse. Well, that's this why is, a lot of these guys do that. Because they're looking, because men honestly are looking for fealty, in, in, which I get. I understand. Men want that respect and honor. And when they're not getting it from their wives, it's way easier to get it from the boyfriend that's like uh, showing up on your porch to date your daughter, right? right. You can kind of force him right. to kiss your ass. Because you can't, these guys sure as heck aren't doing that with their wives. They're not saying, hey, I'm owed more respect. You knock this off right now. I'm putting this out there now. This is not an abstract example. This is a real world example. Don't know how it's going to play out. Six daughters of my own. I really want to do the plot of land thing. And I really want to be in a position, you know, in, in 10 to 20 years where I can offer to buy all six of the daughters with their husbands land to entice them to live near us because we are a very close family. But I will never guilt trip them, never gaslight them. And if one of those son-in-laws, future son-in-laws says, I'm sure he'll be a really polite, cool guy. Let's say it's it's Maggie's uh, um, future husband. Says mm -hmm. I'm really flattered. That's so sweet, um, Tim. Can we can we just most respectfully decline? That's so. I'm so thankful. But I've had a lifelong dream of of going to Sioux Falls and raising my family <laughs> there. It became the the city of choice here. I'll say, dude, that's awesome. And you're also you're an amazing young man. I I really want you to be near us. But good for you. One thing I respect is a belly fire fighter. And I, that, that's what I want my daughters to have because that's what it's going to take. That's what the martyrs were made of. That's where the world's going. If he, just, if he can't withstand a little bit of friendly pressure from a strong yet friendly father-in-law like myself, hey, man, I, I bought you this plot of land if you want it. If he can't say thanks, no, thanks. but no thanks, then he's not going to be able to um, protect my daughter. He's not going to be able to... Um, push back against his employer who's very impolitely mandating he does something immoral. Right. He's not going to be able to push back against the New World Order. So I'm, in a way, really relieved, even though I won't be relieved if that happens. I want them all to live Yeah, now. so young men, what, you we're telling, what we're telling you is like, don't allow that. Don't allow that. Um, if the dad is overstepping his boundaries, um, put him back in his place. Yeah. Just be like, no, no, this isn't how this isn't going to, this is going to work. I'm, Dating your your daughter is a man. She's a woman. And, like, we will let you know what we decide to do with our relationship. It's not normal for... And I don't understand why even dads would want their daughters dating guys who would allow themselves to be treated that way. I would well, you explained be the psych horrified. You explained the psychology right. before. Yeah. All of this comes from those dads aren't getting the fealty from their wives. Mm -hmm. 
the kind of appreciation. Yeah. And so they're seeking it elsewhere like a blocked wish. Right. It's, it's, it's a blocked wish. Psychologically, that's all it is. You're like, I will be treated like a lordly king at, at some point in my life. You're doing the dishes. <laughs> oh, you know, you're, you're literally doing, you're a man doing the dishes. That's why you can't be treated like a king. My wife you're a man. that way that it will make my daughter's husbands treat me like this. Right. I'm cooking six <laughs> nights a week and doing the dishes six nights a week. And I have to go ask my wife if I can have permission to go to the bathroom. But I'm going to be a big, hard man when I have a little bit of authority over my daughter's uh, boyfriend who might want to marry her. By the way, yes, trads, this applies to permission to marry. Oh, There's boy. no such thing <laughs> as permission to marry. There's one person's permission that needs to be granted for a woman to marry a man. And it is the man. This is the one thing the man asks the woman. She mm-hmm. has to say, whatever you say goes if she answers this preliminary question in the affirmative for the rest of her life but he has to ask her permission hey will you marry me the answer is always going to be yes and then i suggest then you go either the man can do it one-on-one with his uh eventual father-in-law or they can go together you know then and say hey you know mom and dad we we want to tell you something or or however you want to do it because it's so fun okay can i just say this guys it's phony to ask a dad's permission because you're really not asking his permission you know darn well guys if you marry if you met a girl tomorrow that was like 10 on your list for everything and you want to marry her and she said yes if the dad said if you went to the dad and he's and you're like can i marry your daughter and he's like no are you asking his permission you're not asking his permission don't be a phony just go tell him afterwards after you ask her permission to marry marry her just then go tell them together. Or if you really like the dad and you really think he's a cool guy, invite him out for a beer and just be like, yeah, you know, I want to let you know I asked your daughter um, to, to marry me. And she said yes. And we're really ex- excited. I'm excited to be a part of your family. That's um, cool. That's the coolest that's way to do it, cool, I think. I think that's what I did. I think that I don't even remember because yeah. it was so – well, no, here's the problem. I'm going to push back, Steph. That might not be phony. I've heard – I've met some people in trad community. The young man asked the patriarch – you know, probably ruled over by his wife. Can I take your daughter's hand in marriage? And the dad shut him down. And then the kid, who, not that big of a surprise, tucked his tail between no. his legs and went off. We've talked to two of them. Oh, no, this was I don't when we still lived in really. Bakersfield. We oh, talked to two young men like no. this. That's, that's a bullet dodged by the girl. Because if a man can be a young, strong man with a strong back, can be deterred by some old man. Then he wasn't his own man to begin with. He wasn't with. his own man. Kind of worth saying, you know, young men dump these girls if they do the following right. ten things. Yeah. That that young girl dodged a bullet. The young man should be like, no, we'll deal. We'll let your dad know what I set in motion. I'm the man in my household. Thank you. Later, yeah. we'll let him know. We'll let him know in due course. But also, here's the thing: other people shouldn't know before two people. Two people matter in this equation, and there should be fire chemistry between you two. You know, to hell with everybody else. Sorry sorry to say it. But it should be you two with electric chemistry, and you just are dying to marry each other and give your lives right. to one another in different ways, complementarian ways. That's what's fire. No one else should damn well know you plan on marrying this girl 
before until she you knows. ask. Until she knows. She she deserves that. I, I'm sounding more like a feminist. Yeah, honestly, I know. It's like I would be kind of upset if somebody was knowing that you're going to do this before. And you're getting permission from other people to like ask. This is our lives together. I should be the first one that hears and knows that you want to marry me. Um, so that we can talk about it together and I could give you my affirmative yes. My father? It's like, what are you talking about? Because I know darn well if, if, if my dad said no, you're, you would have definitely, we would just moved on ahead. And then what is this like dog and pony show that these guys are putting themselves through just to, I think what it is is they're trying to show respect to the father, but they're so unoriginal clueless. and clueless it, yeah. on how actually to do that you respect a man by treating his daughter well right. and giving her what is what is owed to her he doesn't need the details he doesn't need it's to the be- blind leading the blind <laughs> look these are cucked father-in-laws sorry i'm just gonna say it i don't care whether you go to latin mass these are 99 i go to latin mass too 99 percent of them cucked future father-in-laws 99 percent of them are cucked son-in-laws and they're probably gonna raise cucked children that's the reality. We're trying to turn this around. Yeah. I've done a damn thing about it. But right now, the situation in 2023, AD, late year, November, is 99, 98% of these people are total cucks. And so the father's setting down rules, kind of like what must it feel like to live in a really snowy place when you live in the desert where it never snows. They're coming up with their fabrications for what it would be like to live in a world of fealty and patriarchy, and they have no clue. They're, they're the ones leading you. It's the blind leading the blind. And you're trying to imagine, it's like, it's like someone that has no taste buds describing what cheesecake tastes like. These men who are like, oh, you ask me, I'm the father. You're not the father of anything. Look, you're a biological father, but you've never experienced what a man deserves. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm not going through the same thing. You're not cucking me. I'm going to get fealty from my wife. I wish you'd had it the last 40 years. But you're not going to get from your daughter or her husband, me, what your wife owes you. Sorry, guy. You know, and I, that's not an overly adversarial way to start things out either. No, you, you can do it in a respectful way. Like I, like I suggest, I hope our daughter's um, husbands do that. Our fiance is just say, tell us afterwards. Yeah. Talk to my daughter first. And if she gives you the, 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 the thumbs up, then I'm going to trust that I had my 18 or plus years with her and I taught her the how to pick a good one because that was my time with her. And if they come to me as a couple and they say, hey, we're going to get married, I will respect that. If a guy shows up in my porch asking him to marry my daughter, I'm going to start worrying that this is an actual dude, that, that this man can actually like take care of my daughter. Be your own man. <laughs> Rule number six. If... A young woman that you're courting doesn't mainly ask you fun or adventuresome questions about your future plans. Dumper. If she instead tells you about her fun adventures, girls don't have adventures. She should be wanting to vicariously be part of yours. If she doesn't do that, dumper. If she's telling you about her big plans for shaking up the world, dumper. She's a dysphoric. Dumper. She should be interested in you um, and what you're doing and asking you lots of questions and, and being invested in, um, even in a cursory way, your career, what you plan to do with your life. Like if you're hearing way too much about what she's doing, what she's going to do, all this other stuff, then th- that's, 
that's an unbalance. That is a, a serious imbalance. You're going to be hearing about it for the rest of your life. You're going to be hearing only about what she wants, what she thinks, what she's planning for. And there's not going to be room for you in that, in, in her mind. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. She should, her life is vicariously grafted onto yours, not the other way around. She's the right? help meet. Woman is the help meet made of the man's rib. Yeah. It's not the other way around. Her life's adventure will be what you take the it. form of of joining your adventure mm -hmm. not the other way around so you shouldn't be hearing about what are your plans what well, your plans if you're going to be married to me are doing well, you know making sandwiches in whatever city i choose for us to live in <laughs> and having a good time and whatever you, you see I, i'm not barking orders at, at at this lovely lady but it's hey i wanted to go to rome italy you know in our third year and steph was like oh that'll be a little nerve-wracking. Trust me, it'll be fun. She's it like, was. Okay, I'm kind of worried, but, <laughs> I was so but wrong. I'll follow you. No, you weren't. You weren't wrong because no, you never worried. fought me. You I, were I didn't fight you, but I, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a little bit nervous about this. But I was wrong. He was the leader, and he's like, it was totally right. It was so fun. It, it was, was a fun. great time. You loved it. Yeah. We had a great time. And to your credit, you never fought me in a serious way. You're a little worried at first, but you're like, okay. Yeah, look, my adventure is that which is grafted onto yours. Yes, thank you. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. It's so dysphoric when women are the ones that are setting all the plans, all the future. If a woman is doing that to you in the courtship, dump her, dump her. Don't, don't deal with that. She well, should be game for what you're bringing to the table because you will be the one in a properly formed relationship bringing everything to the table literally the food you're going to be bringing things the, to the silverware table. The, the table itself yeah. you will be the one that and again they're all gifts yeah they're all gifts a man goes out earns this for his wife there's another reason why you should never have two incomes if you can help it because the grat the natural gratitude will stop everyone whoever comes into our house is like steph's so grateful you guys have a nice way of life but mm -hmm. steph's so grateful this is what nick is always saying yeah because she doesn't she knows she can sleep in if, if I don't, I, women deserve their beauty rest. Look at, look at the great beauty that requires rest. She can sleep in. I'll get up early. I'll do that. I'm pleased to do that. She's grateful when she wakes up. She's like, wow, what a nice house. What a nice table. What nice silverware. What nice food for me to cook up. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Did we go over number four? I love number four. Well, four has become 10. Oh, okay. We'll, okay, we'll okay, close okay. with four. four <laughs> we got them all mixed up. Rule number <laughs> Seven is an instantiation of rule number six. Seven is oh. if this woman thinks her job or her degree, her educational degree, is interesting, it's not. And dump her. And dump her. <laughs> and again, if she's a good woman with slightly bad ideas, she'll work it out and come back to you. Now, there's a slight, slight exception here. If she studied philosophy or theology then yes, she does have an interesting, worthwhile degree. But this is Steph's big point. This is my she, point, yeah. She's going to implement the use of that as a homeschool instructor. In the domestic setting. In the domestic setting, in the, <laughs> kind of the, the very, very, very minor league. So it's not like you're going to be, a, if a woman goes to get her MRS degree at a, a very Catholic college, even though I wrote the book, Don't Go to College with Michael mm -hmm. Robillard, I say that's acceptable. It's a good place to, to, to meet a young man if she didn't meet a young man in high school. And it's a, she's not wasting her time with philosophy or theology. These are always beautiful degrees yeah. out, of a, out of a Catholic college that's faithful. But she's not going to go deep into the studies. These are masculine studies. 
So she'll have a cursory knowledge of them. That will make for good conversation. And it will make her able to teach the younger children at home. So yes, it's, it's, that's an interesting thing for her to study, but it will be you know, a woman dabbling very temporarily, two years at most, in a, in a man's world. And um, so that's not boring. You can encourage that. That's interesting. But most of the time, this will take the form of a woman telling you about her marketing job after she got a marketing degree. Her time in college, college. which is fine for conversation. But if she's really laying it on about how into her job is and how into her, like what she was doing at college, all of that stuff. Dumper. (laughs) Dumper. This is literally (laughs) the the only way, the, the exit ramp is the way that you're like, okay, you know, have you ever been on a road trip where you think it's like a gas station here at exit 97 and you get off, but they have one of those really convenient get, get back, back on, on because it was exit 98. So yeah. you just did, oh, this is like a little pit stop. Like and if you, you know watch- what? That's a great thing. The best thing you can do for a woman when you're dating is dump her. <laughs> dump her. You will, find out, you will find out really fast. How cool she is. How cool she is. Because if she's cool, she'll be like, oh, I'm missing out on a great guy. I was acting like a brat. I really need to work it out a little bit here. And I need to come back and be like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Sorry for acting like a brat. There's so many times where I acted like a brat where I was so worried that I was going to lose Tim that if I said something dumb like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, do X, Y, or Z. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, that's true. That was dumb. Never mind. Strike that from the record. One time we were in the back of her dad's car when we were first dating. And he put on the Beatles. I, I hate the Beatles. Oh, yeah. And he's like, like this song? I was like, no, I absolutely hate it with all of my soul. Sorry. <laughs> and she was like kind of kicking me. Not not hard. Not like a feminist. But like... she was towing me. And I was like, I moved the toe. I was like, this is my world. Right? <laughs> no, this is his car. I may be in the backseat. I'm a passenger. This is the Tim show. <laughs> this is the Tim show. If you want to be with me. I'm first in rank. And I got it right away, guys. And the Beatles yeah. in this household are not allowed. a laughing stock, as they are everywhere now. Mm-hmm. The, 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 sorry, boomers. They're, they're, they're going bye-bye. I, I want to hold your hand no more. I want to hold your hand never. Never. So um, that, and again, that's, I, Steph's dad is, is, is cool and young at heart in a lot of ways, and we, we share a lot of actual but he interest. Told him- more interest than most sons-in-law yeah. with their father. He likes skateboarding, surfing boxing, mm-hmm. music, cool, cool father-in-law in a lot of ways. Um, but we, and he likes a vast array of music um, as a former musician. And he's a musician. He, he just likes almost everything. So we like lots of the same music, but it was fine for him to see, oh, wow, this is a man. This is a man in the 21st century. My daughter, and he said this since then, wow, like you just, and I, I, I didn't say it in a rude way. I was just like, no, I, I definitely don't like the Beatles. You know? Yeah, no, it was good. It was good for me to hear that, um, that you were going to assert yourself like that. Um, and that I, and, and in that moment, I realized like, oh, like, this is good. Like, it was uncomfortable for me because I was like, oh, my dad likes the Beatles. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? But then it was like, you know what? This is actually really good. Uh, you know, this taught me a lesson. It's like, you know, what? I need to be with this guy here. And whatever he is is saying that he like he has a right to say what he likes he doesn't like and I I need to support that so, um yeah that was uh, yeah I forgot where we got where we got off here but um, her her degree is not interesting oh, yeah. her job sucks no one wants to hear about a woman working no no it's not like a vocation even a man's job is not his vocation the worst thing in the world you know 
they should play this at Guantanamo Bay instead of Britney Spears. Just a woman with a career talking about how she loves her job. Also, they should play a woman with a career talking about how she hates her job and crying about it. Um, it it's hell. It's hell on yeah. earth. No man wants to hear it. And if the man sits there and listens to you talk about your job, you should probably dump him. Yeah. You should dump each other. You could both do better. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a woman talking about your job and the man is listening to you, then both of you need to pay your separate checks and leave. Because <laughs> you both suck. <laughs> you're both horrible. You're both the worst. You need a man that's like, um, excuse me, miss. Uh, Shut up for a second. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I don't care about your job. No I don't want to ever hear about it again. No, I don't care. But <laughs> here's the thing. I'm a very honest person. Most of these guys, see, we're, let's say we went to the, the local romantic Italian restaurant, Lady in the Tramp style spaghetti. All these young lovers, see, here's the thing. Look at all of them. Look at them in the eye. I want you to look up and down these, these tables of young lovers. All of these men are fucking liars. So they're saying whatever they have to, to have premarital sex. See, I'm a full man. I'm a whole man, right? And what young men out there should say is, I don't have premarital sex, and therefore I'm in the driver's seat. It's called weaponized chastity, and I say what I want and how it's going to be. And how I say it's going to be is how it's going to be, and it's going to be phenomenal. And either it's you get be a the woman that's going to do that, and you're going to meet a woman that's going to be on board for that, or... Dumper. Dumper. And you'll find another woman that'll have the adventure of the ride of her life on your bandwagon, young man. Yes, if you have sir. this kind of dynamic confidence, then it is, um, it, it's irrepressible. Yep. And that's what you say. Look at all these other men here that are saying, oh, cool job. You're the executive secretary for this, uh, the, the shoe corporation's vice president in sales and marketing. That's so good. Okay. And your sister has a similar job and you guys have a competition for who can get the salary raise first. Like those guys are liars. And guess what? They're porn addicted freaks who are just trying to get in the pants when you're like, look, sorry, I, I have to stop you right there. And I don't mean to be rude, but not only I don't care, but no one in the world could possibly care. You're a woman. You seem like a very good woman. And I'm trying to work this out with you. You will have the adventure of a lifetime, day in, day out, if you shut up about your job, uh, become my wife. We might travel. We might go to Europe once every 10 years and live there. We might do very exciting things. I'm the kind of guy I like to dust things up, maybe get in the occasional fight, even in my 40s, street fight, whatever. It's going to be fun. But it's gonna be cool. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do. We're gonna have a great time. Just never talk about your job again. In fact, quit tomorrow. That's an or honest man. Dumper. <laughs> or else dumper. And that's what a chaste man sounds like. Because see, what you guys don't understand is a porn addicted, weak cream puff pervert freak. They're the ones that tell women what they want to hear. A man who's been forged in the crucible of weaponized chastity is like sorry sorry i i i'm temperate i can deal with chastity i love chastity i have the other natural virtues i'm not gonna sit here and be bored through listening to you talk about the shoe company. This is the man show, guys. The it is the show. man show. Don't let the woman take over the man show. Talking about her job, nope. This is the man show. We are not discussing stupid female careers. 
she should be Dumper. listening. Oh, hey, it's it's a vested interest she has. <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to be a bore, but I want to hear you talk about your career because I, I, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to meet a guy that's serious about his career, serious enough to at least earn a living so that I can stay home. That's again, these are not first date, second yeah. date, third date, fourth date, fifth date topics because you want to be cool there. This gets slightly adversarial. These are the things that a woman should be saying. Spit back at a man. Hey, no, I don't want to talk about my job. You're gonna, you're the one in the hot seat, guy. What? Do you, how are you gonna raise through the ranks? Say it nicely, but it's perfectly fair for you to say. How are you gonna, you know, support me? I don't want to sound like a brat. That's a lifelong gift, but it's also my right as a wife and a mother. That's mm-hmm. dope. Yep. That that's that's a woman who knows her worth. Sounds like a virtuous, cool woman. And then most of the rest of the time, just be like, what adventures are you gonna have, dude? What 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 what's your vision? For raising a family and not being a dead-eyed suburbanite, you know, mm-hmm. you notice how everyone in the suburbs sucks. They're dead-eyed, dead-eyed suburbanites. How are we going to be fun, loving, play together, pray together, have a good time, do whatever we feel like doing as long as we're observing God's law? How are you going to raise a family that does that? That's a cool question for a woman to ask a man. And Steph asked me stuff like that, and I always loved her for it. And Obviously, she's really cool. I'm just here lady. for the ride. <laughs> so, if she thinks her job or degree is interesting, dumper, you know, we talked about the exception for theology and philosophy. That's cool, but that's a lower end domestic setting. Um, your job's not interesting. Your degree is not interesting. No one cares. Oh, conversely, if she just says, I'm just here for the MRS degree, dude, I don't really care. I just want to have babies. And look good while I do it. Marry stay, her. stay thin and pretty, and just marry a cool dude like yourself. I'm not lying. Marry her. Marry her. Don't dump her. Marry her. Put a ring on it. Yeah. That, that's a cool chick. That's a really cool chick. That's a classical chick. Marry her. What the hell time is it? All right. Um, rule number eight. If she tells you how to speak. Okay. Here we go. I love this one. Yes. Dumper. 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 And also, she, this also goes to all the women in the audience. Don't tell Tim how to say what to say. We're going to dump words, you. <laughs> what words to say. What, if you find them crass or not. I don't do that. I'm his wife. Random chicks on the internet are not going to tell my husband how to speak if I'm not even doing it. They're like, well, that's because you're chained to the radiator. No. I'm a, no, she's not. It's so funny. Steph so, will tell me, hey, I, what? that was funny what you said today on the air. I laughed my ass off. People went nuts, but it's hilarious. She'll tell me that later, and I might think, oh, I didn't even know that because I don't look at the comments while I'm going. But she never is like, you need to speak more charitable. You or know, telling men, women, I'm just going to say this as a, as a PSA, stop telling men how to speak. You're trying to feminize men. I don't care if you don't like their parlance or they think you think certain words are crass or anything. You're feminizing them. Men do talk a little different than women. I don't know if you've noticed. And it is such... It is so unfeminine, honestly, for women to be peeking in and being like, you shouldn't say this. You shouldn't say that. It's naggy. It's bossy. It's unbecoming. Don't tell a man how to speak. Men do not need women going around scolding them on what to say. And men, if you're out there and a woman starts on a date telling you what words you're allowed to say or not say or politics you're allowed to talk about or you're making a critical assessment on something and she thinks it's uncharitable or whatever that, and she starts chiding you, dump her. Dump her. <laughs> dump her. If she says the words, be charitable. I need both hands. For yeah. Dump her. Dump, dump her. her. Because, me- uh, no, I'm not talking about real caritas. 
These women, these broads don't have a clue. Most of the feminized men out there don't have a clue. They have no love in their heart whatsoever. The people saying be charitable. Mm-hmm. But what they're calling being charitable is being more female. Is being female. It's the lesbianification of society. You dump them. You dump them fast. That one, I'm not even saying you're hoping for a reversal. Dump them. If they say, yeah. talk this way, speak this way. I don't, I'm a, women, you shouldn't probably be, you're not going to be comfortable when you hear a man speak because you are not a man. And men and women have different things going on. I'm more comfortable physically when I'm talking to another woman because we have very similar souls, so to speak. We have similar uh, emotions, that sort of thing. Sometimes I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a very tough woman or whatever i could i could hear a man talk and i'm not getting all over clumped scandalized. And, and scandalized she's not but they kvetching. do speak harshly and more cuttingly and more critically they need to they're men no I'm no no so but what sick. if they say oh i listen to all these women's prophets who are male and they're they have very popular youtube shows and they make me feel so comfortable that Though that's why, because they the speak like women. Right. The reason, ladies, you like those guys on- online who speak more femininely is because they speak more femininely. And 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 don't don't come on to our porch and start telling this guy to speak like that. Because a, I hate that. I find that very inf- uh, uh, unmasculine when men start the women's prophets that they start like. Knowing what women want to hear, and they have a very soft voice, and they're being very empathetic, and they're oh, the tears are coming out of their eyes. I don't. That's gross. gross. I don't appreciate it, guys. If a woman starts trying to make you into uh, one of the women's prophets, dump her. <laughs> Those guys are, as we say on the air, they're F-rated. Maggots. They're F grade maggots. <laughs> yeah. They're F grade maggots. That's and ladies, if say. you don't like what a man is saying, like if Tim and his buddies are over and they're never talking about things that are crass or anything, but if, if he's using foul language or whatever it is, and I've never been in this situation, but let's say that I am scandalized by such male speech, you know what the appropriate response is? Leave the room. If you don't like what Tim says on this show, turn it off. Do not send us emails or texts or anything telling Tim how to speak. Women, stop Dump doing her. that. Dump them. Dump them. <laughs> the monitor's about to fall off. <laughs> Just knock it off. If you see the monitor fall off, it meant that we dumped it. We dumped it. Onto the floor. Um, so, yeah, the worst thing that anyone can say is be charitable. These are people with zero love in their heart, zero clue what caritas really is. Our Lord Jesus told uh, the woman, she called the woman a dog, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, even, even the dog uh, eats the crumbs off the table. Uh, and then he was like, oh, I like you. You're not, you're not kvetching. So yeah. I like you. Yeah. Uh, our Lord called his best friend. After a, a bold declaration of his best friend's love yep. for him, he called him Satan. Get by me, Satan. Have you ever heard the things St. Paul says? Don't quote St. Paul to me about think only of nice stuff. St. Paul disses players on wax on the regular. <laughs> and he knows how to lay on a diss. He so does. don't give me the bull. Don't give me the bull about that stuff. Yeah, don't let a woman, guys, don't let women tell you how to talk. Never. If a woman ever, like, tell you anything. Oh, or hushes you, if a woman shushes you. Oh, my gosh. Or, okay, I have or... to get up and go. <laughs> if, if a, a woman, woman shushes you, her. that's nuclear. Dump her. Dump her and don't let her back. Yeah. A woman who shushes you is an outright feminist. It's a yeah. bold declaration of war without 
congressional approval. It is, uh, that is, I if mean, Tim talks about topics, like certain things, like he and his buddy, um, Nick Rover, and they went and saw, saw, saw Sound of Freedom. And that's a topic for me. I, I really do get upset about like, like kids getting hurt or whatever. They were in the, the main living room. Don't be a girl. Discussing it. You know what? It really did bother me, them talking about it. Just the, like, I just find that topic very unsettling. The appropriate female response when you ladies are around a man, you don't like what he's saying, you find it uncomfortable, it's crass speech, is to you leave. And you ex- excuse yourself or turn something off. Or if Tim's saying something on the show, find another podcast. It isn't for you to go, um, excuse me, sir. You need to stop talking about this because I am uncomfortable. Ew. That's a feminist dumper. Dumper. <laughs> Shushing is completely unacceptable. And in that instance with Tim, I, by the way, I just went and I just started doing some crafts quietly in the corner and later he was like where'd you go and I was just like oh I didn't want to seem like I was being critical of what you guys were talking about I just it really does just shatter my calm so I quietly and discreetly excused myself without making a scene I can't believe you guys are talking you don't talk about that stuff see I don't even like that I don't even like the removal to the other room spiriting yourself away to another just grow a thicker skin ladies seriously get it get a thicker skin hard times are coming yeah, I don't even like that. You're like, I it's went and crafted so in the attic, and I'm like, you should have just <laughs> bit down hard on your lip and stayed there. Got the piece of leather and just bit down <laughs> I don't even remember what we were saying. But by the way, none of this is like, none of this is like body sex talk. That's no. that's not what we're talking about. But bad language, people. I've noticed an uptick on people complaining about women writing us emails. If men are talking about other men cussing, then, I, you, sir, you need to grow a pair. But if We are going to spray you <laughs> off our porch. If but you if it's women that are writing me, they will write Tim and they will say, I'm a regular viewer. And I find your speech uncra- like undignified. And I'm sometimes I'll read these emails and I'm just like, who the hell do you think you are? I'm his wife and I'm not even telling him that. You sure as hell don't have the right to come in here and start telling my husband what words he can and cannot say. If you don't like the words he says, you are more than welcome to find an entirely different podcast to listen no, to. No, just be like, if you don't like the words he says, he's going to dump you. <laughs> I mean, we're serious about this now. I'm so serious. Go find a woman's prophet if you don't like Tim's speech, ladies. There are many large ones on the internet, intranet, (laughs) and they're huge in both the trad and the Novus Ordo worlds. All right, rule number nine. If you're courting, now this one requires a little bit more nuance, and we want to get to 10 and we want to get out of here, but this one's a slightly more nuance because it can be important for the sexual chemistry of an eventual marriage. So we have to draw a thick line down the middle of this rule. If she tells you how to dress. Oh, okay. This is, no, but there's a line down the middle. This is very, very bad. It's very, very gross. Um, Compliments are great. And both men and women like to be complimented. Where the F did we get off as a society where the man goes, you look beautiful this evening. And then she's like, oh, thank you so much. Let me grab my hand. You say, (laughs) you say. You say you look really handsome, too. Men want to look good, too. You know what I mean? Men, women, I don't know if you realize this. This might shock some of you, but men have feelings as well. And men love compliments, too. And they also like to be appreciated. It's I'm noticing this more and more even with our dating service where women are like, I'm very picky about how a man dresses. If you're... Guys, if you're on a date and a girl says she doesn't like what you're wearing, dump her. Dump her. <laughs> dump her immediately. Well, I mean, okay, we're talking about like a sixth date where you're yeah. new steadies. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's the line down the center of rule number nine. This is a big difference. We, we've, we have a lot of scientific testing here because we run this matchmaking service. Yeah. If you're a more red-blooded woman that's more capable of becoming visually stimulated by a man's appearance, it's about a 50-50 we're noticing. Good women come from rank A, visually stimulated by a man's looks. Can't be not visually stimulated by man's looks. Either can be a good woman. It, it's some very deep-seated social thing, probably having to do with feminism. I don't know what the inception of it is. But if you're a married woman or about to get married, let's say an engaged woman, and you're complimentary of your husband's looks and you just say something like, I really like when you wear that one shirt. It really helps things along. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong you with that. You look really good in green, which Tim looks really good in green. He hates wearing green, but he looks really good in green. Yeah, you look good. At, but I'm, I'm not trying to be dirty now because we, we, we're pretty, we're thick skin, but weak stomach here on ret Rules for Retrogrades. Liberals are thin skin, strong stomach. We're talking about sexual stuff. But um, it is about sexual chemistry. Once you're getting close to the wedding day and thereafter, thereafter, it's really important. Mm -hmm. So if a woman's like, look, you look good in this particular green shirt and it actually makes me hormonal. That's, a that's great. That's yeah. great expression. That's positive. That's giving you a giant compliment. Hey, it's like, do more of that. Do that's more great. of that. Yeah. that. That works. And women, Steph's chapter is called Where Would He Likes, Do What He Likes. Should be like, yeah, like if you're picking men, we know there's an asymmetry between men and women. Men are obsessed with their wives' looks mm -hmm. if they have a pretty wife. And so they, you know, it's very important to a man what a woman wears. So like she's getting the payoff. If he's like, wear this, it makes me hormonal every time. It's good for our marriage. It makes us commit the marital act more often. It's holy, it's healthy, it's happy, it's safe. Great. If you're one of those class... Uh, category A women that are more physically stimulated by a, a man. Hey, look, I'm not trying to be rude. You're a really handsome guy. But for that six months, you were doing the shoulder presses and the bench presses, and that really affected how you looked and how I felt. That's fine. See, that's really positive. But if you're a class A or a, a class B woman, can be a lot of good women here, but you're like, I'm just not that into his looks. I'm more into like how he whatever like makes the donuts or, or whatever the time to make the donuts guys. turns on those mysterious women <laughs> whatever turns them on if it's not looks then don't bother your guy about like wearing a three-piece suit because that tends to be very insulting mm -hmm. and that tends to be like i don't care about me or you i care about what other people think I've noticed this uptick in women constantly telling men what they want. I want you to dress this way. I want them to look this way. But if a man dares to say, yeah, you look fat in that sort of dress, they'd flip out. Right. It's the inequity of what women think they can get away with versus what they will take. And the inequity, <laughs> what I'm saying is there's an asymmetry there. Yeah. The, a, the asymmetry reflects that the inequity should go the other way. Right, yeah. Because all men are turned on by certain dresses or by their wives. Men are, are visually stimulated. Yeah, right. Only about half of the women are, the, the statistics show. So you should expect the man to be more picky. Hey, don't don't wear this dress. It, it honestly makes you look a little chubbier than you are in reality. And I'd like right. reality to shine through. Wear these dresses. They look dynamite right. on you. Only throw out everything in your closet. Most men, if they're being honest, throw out everything in your closet, but these five dresses, wear them the five weekdays of every week. Do, do that. Where would he likes, do what he likes. But on this score, 
if you have a category A woman, then this is one of those mutual things. We don't believe in mutual submission, but if she's wearing things that turn him on and he has five outfits because she's category A woman that can turn her on, what kind of idiot's not going to listen? I don't really, men don't really care what they're wearing in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if your wife's like, please wear this, it turns me on. That's a happy, healthy marriage. If, and that's a mutual submission area, even though mutual submission's BS. Guys, if you're dating a girl and she's <clears throat> immediately critiquing what you're wearing and is giving you suggestions on where to wear, dumper, <laughs> dumper, dumper. dumper. And, and you know what? I've seen this a lot for, like with women. Like, well, I didn't, I, if, if you're a woman and you don't like the way like a man dresses, then go find a man that already dresses that way and right. then date him. Don't, it's so disrespectful to go up to a guy and, and just assume that he doesn't have feelings or he didn't. Adults typically put things on their bodies. And I, I, it's, I'm, I'm sad to I actually have to explain this to women. Adult, an adult man typically goes out, purchases with his own dollars and adorns his body with things that he thinks looks good on himself. And for you to go in and chide him like a child that he, that that's not your style or that's not what you like. You're a brat. Guys, dump them. (laughs) Unless, now this is funny because this is where Steph gets harder on the women. Unless you're a category A woman and you're like, you look amazing and green. No, there's a way of doing that. And it makes me want to have babies with you. (laughs) Then that's cool. Guys will never complain about that, right? Even even if you're just, even if you're engaged. Right. This makes me want to have babies with you all the sooner, (laughs) even though we can't till our wedding night. But please wear this shirt in your closet. It's also nice if the exemplar yeah. outfit is already in the wardrobe of said man. Because then it means like, hey, look, it's yeah. already your clothes. Can you just wear this more often? Right. It's insulting. And what the, the biznatches usually do is they'll point out another man's shirt. They want it right shirt. away. Yeah, they'll point it out off a mannequin or another man akin Right. To them, and they'll say, do like this guy. That, now, that's very rude. That tends not to be your woman that's talking with the pure motives of just wanting to be turned on anyway. That's yeah. the woman that cares about uh, the trappings of wealth and all that bullshit. Yeah, so, I know. This happens a lot, too, even on this channel with you, where I've, I've seen people say, Tim needs to be dressing up more. It's like, no, he no. doesn't. Hell no. I like that he's comfortable. Do, again, don't tell him things that I'm not telling well, him. Well, you like, you, I generally, like, com- you like, I like no, look at these guy. guns. Come I on. like this guy boom, boom. in his comfortable attire. And like if he he didn't Tim did not bother to get himself a wife that's like nagging on how he talks and speech and speaks and what he wears. And then like he does the show and then all of a sudden out of the woodwork come all these people that are like basically taking my role (laughs) in the opposite direction that I would take it. Yeah, I didn't get one of those wives. Yeah. Most of your husbands did. And I'm sorry to say, you know, I don't don't mean all of you. (laughs) I mean, the complainers. I mean, the complainers. You guys. You guys, your husbands have to deal with that. This is a lovely lady here. And there are some shirts that you will ask me to wear well, from that's time the thing to time. I would but tell. that's private. That's, and we'll, that's we'll private. keep that between us. <laughs> I know it's wrong. Um, what's funny is that I think with these on this particular um, example, like what women can do is they could help, like if they want like a certain more like outfits, the, the guy, guy to wear something that's more um, like flattering to him. You could, you could help guide like, oh, this looks really good on you. This looks really good on you. It's, do it's, you want my, do you yeah. want my input? If not, you're There's cool. There's a feminine way You're cool. It. And I like what you're wearing anyway. But if I'm a category A woman, here's one outfit in your closet that i that i love and please wear that because it makes me want to make babies with you now 
it's pretty pretty clear, right? Right. If a woman if a woman ever says to you, just I don't like that shirt, dump her immediately. Dump her. Dump her right away. If she says something like that harsh and critical of you on like the fifth or sixth date, oh, I don't like that shirt. I don't like I don't like this. I don't like that. Dump her. Dump her. <laughs> Rule ten also okay, related to finery clothes. Um, social media. A woman. On social media, particularly a woman who posts selfies on social media, I don't mean nudes that even most of these young even guys the can figure fit. out that's wrong. I'm talking about mass fit selfies and wanting and, and just looking at other girls mass fit, their comparers, these mm-hmm. ten, ten, tend to be category B women that are going to critique men's clothing because they're like, well, I was on Instagram looking at the dumper, dumper, dumper. Dumper. If she you has, don't want a uh, social media no uh, uh, thought. Nope. Matter of fact, I think all women should just get. I'm I'm going to start making a plea with all of the people who watch this show, particularly the women, to get themselves off social media. Social, you can watch YouTube. Still watch. No, this I show. mean like like Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Just get off. It's so bad you had a big account on twitter it's so widely followed ask your husband but you're like this is bad i didn't make you i probably should have but you were like this is bad i'm gonna get off and i was like that's that's a wise woman let me tell men what's going on with a woman if you have a dating a girl and on her social media page on her instagram for example if it's predominantly selfies you are constant dumper you're gonna be constantly competing with her notion of approval, meaning that you're never going to be enough. Your approval is never going to be enough for a girl like that. The reason a woman is putting pictures, even the mass fit girls, nonsense. So it's just childish. The reason women are doing that, just I'm going to give them the straight dope now, is because they want constant praise and, oh, attention. And women who need that on social media, just constant comments, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're so pretty. Oh my gosh, look at Dumper. you. Dumper, because those women will never be satisfied with the uh, attention of just one solitary man. They're out there doing that because they need the approval of the world. Here's and- why. Here's the, here's the ontology which underlies that. The active-passive dichotomy, the active-passive principle of pornea, men don't understand it, that men are tempted to sin with their eyes because they want to be, if they're being weak, the passive observer. Well, actually, they're, they're the active observers, the uh, visual observers of pornea. Women, in this case, are wanting to be the subjects of pornea. Um, I didn't understand this as a young man. Women are not tempted to look at nudes of men. Mm-hmm. Some some fringy, weirder women are, but they have some issue, right? right? That women are not, and, I, and I've seen all the statistics I know, there's something which offsets them. Men struggle with looking at porn. Women, and I shouldn't be saying the P word, darn it. Um, women are tempted to, I don't, I don't mean all go and do nudes, they're tempted to use, uh, to, to pornographize um, and be looked at by a whole bunch of men. Right. This is them because in, sexu- in human sexuality, women are the passive principle, right. that which is merely there. Men are the active principle, the ones who, you know how, how life works. Men are the ones that are active. Women are the ones that are merely receptive. 
that's how porneia works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, women are, don't have the same temptations as men. Men don't really have the same temptations. And that's why um, with the radical egalitarianism that has beset society because of the feminists, if a guy posts like a picture of like a scrape on his arm and he's like shirtless or something, he's not getting out of it what a woman would be if she posted like a a near topless photo from a scrape. The woman would be trying to. The guy's showing the scrape. Yeah, the, the guy's showing like, the scrape. Look at this full body shot of me, and and so happens my scrape. This little scrape. Yeah, that's the guy's not getting the same thing. Same thing is if a a man shouldn't give himself the excuse of like, oh, let me look at that scrape photo of the of the hussy woman. Um, just because I want to, I want to observe her dermatological health. That's an excuse, yeah. but it's the same thing, same principle in reverse for a woman. If she's looking like, oh, I can't see the scrape, she's probably not looking at the guy lustfully. Her lustful act is being the subject of such a photo. Women get women get a lot of pleasure. It's just it's just the truth of being the objects of. Uh, uh, yeah, of that's what women are. They they get a lot a great amount of pleasure doing that that's why we have such an epidemic of women all over social media even the trad girls the selfies if you're a woman out there who's doing that stop it it's incredibly lame and stupid (laughs) and babyish and childish you look like a child i mean every time i see a woman that's doing like just tons of selfies i'm like you are you're a baby. And we know what you're doing. You'll you'll get a gaggle of defenders from other passive pornea purveyors yeah, yeah. in other women but everyone else knows what you're doing yeah you're looking you're, you're fishing for compliments girls ladies we know what you're doing um it's lame it's incredibly babyish and guys if you're dating a woman who, who, does, that? who does that she d- dump her. dump her she's not she is she's got some security issues or insecurity and she's going to be constantly looking for the world to give her approval and your approval even if you love her as much as you want to is never going to be enough yep if you have a girlfriend like that right now tell her stop it dump her tell her no tell her no social media no more selfies give her the no from number one and see how she handles it if she handles it like a lady then you might have something there if you're like yeah knock it off with the selfies everyone knows what you're doing it's babyish and lame and she's being a brat dump dump her. Her. <laughs> rule number one say no often rule number two say no often rule number three declare in a masculine bold affirmative way without any doubt where you are going to live with your wife this is when you're courting a girl rule number three if she cares at all what her mom thinks, dump her. Rule number four, if she cares too much what her dad thinks, dump her. Rule number five, if she doesn't mainly ask you about your fun plans, which she's going to graft her life onto if things work out, dump her. dump her. Rule number six, if she thinks her job or degree is interesting, dump her. Rule number seven, if she tells you how to speak, dump her. Rule number eight, if she tells you how to dress, dump her. Rule number nine, um, if she's involved in social media or selfies, dump her. What I, I think you went number two, like you did I number one, one for two. Say no a lot. No, I said that <clears> twice. <throat> what, what did I skip? If she thinks her job or degree is interesting, dump her. Tells you how to dress, tells you how to speak. Doesn't, oh, doesn't mainly ask, ask you for your ideas. Number six. 
That's the one I think you missed. Yeah, I, I skipped him. We missed him. <laughs> I, I messed up my review. It's, it is time to dump the show. <laughs> it I is think. time to dump the show. This is I a two-hour show. I think you guys need to dump us right now because now we've got our all of our categories. We're all going to dump each other on the count of three. It's mutual. It's been a, a great fun. Tune in tomorrow for Aristotle's Ethics. Go to timothyjgordon.com and register. 5 p.m. CST tomorrow. Don't dump that class even though we're all dumping each other now. God bless you, Deus Volt. Peace. (laughs) I'm going to dump the show right now. We're (laughs) dumping each other. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.